Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. How does an elected official's personal faith in Jesus Christ inform their vote on things like Obamacare repeal? Today we interview U.S. Senator Tim Scott, James Lankford, U.S. Senator, and Congressman Jody Heiss. You're going to love it. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt. Let's go now right away to a press conference at the Western Conservative Summit where we interviewed Senator Tim Scott and he was asked the question, why can't we just repeal Obamacare and start over from scratch? The foundation of, of the healthcare discussion cannot start with a clean slate because we're not at a clean slate. So I could tell you all the things I'd like to get rid of. The fact of the matter is that A, if it's not bird bathable, it doesn't really matter because it won't happen. And B, if I can't find 50, 49 other senators to get there, it doesn't matter. I would love for us to have a longer, deeper debate on the taxes. It's about a trillion dollars of taxes in Obamacare. The reality of it is that we're going to get rid of hundreds of billions of dollars, but not all of them. So we have a second bite at the apple. It's called tax reform. So if you're concerned about the 3.8% uh, excise tax on, on income, or actually on capital, that produces about $172 billion, we can tackle that in tax reform. If you're concerned about the 0.9% that creates about $58 billion of revenues, we can tackle that in tax reform. So we have two bites at the tax apple. The other part of it is the whole formula of Obamacare was flawed at its inception. Seven million young people reducing the rates of older folks who need health care never happened. 20 million Americans have either paid the large $95 penalty or have gotten away from it. The reality of it is that both of those work against uh, common sense in health care. I spent about 20 years in the insurance industry, not the health care specifically, but the insurance industry. So for us to make progress, we're going to have to understand the underpinnings from an actuarial, actuary's perspective on what common sense is in the healthcare market. So we should move as quickly as possible if we can towards conservative solutions, which would include entitlement reform, uh, Medicaid, curving its spending long-term is really important. I think I've given you too long of an answer, but it's, uh, no, no, no. it's unfortunately I, I, I a meaty subject. It. Where are you on pre-existing conditions, the unfunded so, mandate? Because it sounds like the unfunded mandate is not something that you support. Well, two things. I, I won't hop into all the issues so we can get to the uh, questions and I can get to the airport on time. Because okay. me and Charlotte I have a relationship. We need to get back together. Uh, today <laughs> about 6 o'clock. I have a relationship with American Airlines as well. They're leaving without me. So, uh, I would tell you, uh, on the individual mandate, individual mandate, individual right, mandate, yeah. and the employer mandate, both of those should be gone. We get rid of those. Uh, the other part of your question had to do with um, the, the pre-existing conditions. conditions. So, pre-existing conditions in the House bill was preserved. Basically, they had a 30% surcharge, and ours pre-existing conditions are, are are solid as well, with a six-month waiting period if you are trying to gain the system. With the Cruise Amendment, you can have pre-existing condition policies and skinnier policies, catastrophic coverage that makes the premiums on both sides of the, uh, of the lane go down precipitously, like 60% by year 2024. Year 2020, a 30% drop in, in rates as well. Thank you, sir. Senator, I'm Chaplain Klingenschmidt with PIJN News. We're on a religious network. Uh, we have had 
protesters outside of the Western Conservative Summit and sitting in Senator Cory Gardner's office all week, uh, demanding that he increase the Medicaid and, and keep the Medicaid expansion. And there are four senators, I think the ones from Alaska, Maine, and West Virginia, who agreed with Senator Cory Gardner that when we repeal Obamacare, we should not get rid of the Medicaid expansion. But I notice you're very conservative on your voting record. Uh, you, you score very high on the Liberty Index and very Freedom Index. All these different people uh, say that you are actually in favor of less welfare when it comes to able-bodied adults getting free handouts from the government. Why do you take such a strong stand on liberty, and how does that affect urban people in your district? Well, number one, I think we should all take it, especially from a Christian perspective, we should take Matthew 25 very seriously. And Matthew 25 gives us categories of individuals that we, as people of faith, should focus our attention on. I'm not sure that translates to the government. We, as people of faith, should certainly do so. But from a, a, a faithful perspective, our ability to impact the core mission of Medicaid is pretty simple, pretty easy. The question is, how do we treat the expansion population? So first, we need to define what the expansion population is. It's typically young, healthy Americans who now become eligible for Medicaid. They become eligible not at the average 58% reimbursement rate. They became eligible at 100% reimbursement rate. Then it was 95 and now it's 90%. So the question we should really ask ourselves is should we treat the healthy American better than we do those folks who are disabled, who are too young to work or too old to work? My answer is we should not. And so harmonizing the expansion population with the core mission of Medicaid seems common sense. Uh, we're not going to be able to do what, what some of us would suggest uh, to eliminate that expansion population at some point. The, 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 it's not in the cards right now. So the question is, how do we make sure that we don't penalize the disabled person, the elderly woman who's on Medicaid and Medicare, or the young person who can't get a job because they're two? Well, one of the ways that you do that is by making sure you don't treat the expansion population better than you do the core mission. So able-bodied adults should, should not get as much treatment because we're taking that away from disabled people. We're giving them better treatment. They shouldn't, certainly should not get better treatment than we're giving to our core mission. But the fact of the matter is we're going to give states the ability to have work requirements and, and other iterations of the conversation so that we empower states to make the decisions. We would love to see the decisions made at the state level, not the federal level, where they actually belong. So there you have it. That was Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina talking about the Obamacare repeal. He's in favor of re Obamacare repeal. He's in favor of cutting Medicaid, or at least not expanding it, for able-bodied adults. And he thinks that aligns with what Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 25, that we're supposed to care for the sick, care for the poor. In this case, disabled Americans should be getting Medicaid, but able-bodied Americans not so much. He's a libertarian and very conservative, fiscal conservatives trying to stop running up America's national debt and putting those heavy burdens on the American taxpayer. I think I got to agree with him. Uh, Jesus informs his politics and Jesus informs our politics here at PIJN News. I'm Dr. Chaps. We'll be right back. Giving you a megaphone in Washington, D.C. Dr. Chaps will be right back. Take action today. Dr. Chaps needs you to sign an important online petition. Today, I want to invite you to sign a critical petition to defend innocent babies and to end abortion in America. On this show, we like to pray and petition God. 
But we also need you to take action today by petitioning Congress to stop the taxpayer-funded child killing, especially by defunding Planned Parenthood, America's number one abortion provider. Why are your taxes paying to murder innocent children in the womb? Well, if Congress would simply define personhood as life beginning at conception, we can reverse Roe versus Wade. Please join me today by signing this important petition to Congress. Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org and sign your petition today. Sign today's petition right now. Again, visit PrayInJesusName.org to sign our petition right now. He is the intersection of church and state. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Chaps, joined now by a United States Senator and a Christian United States Senator, Republican from Oklahoma, James Lankford. Sir, welcome to the program. Thank you. Glad to be back around. So I'm so honored to meet you because I, I feel like I know you. I've only met you a couple times before this, but you and I come from Christian, evangelical, conservative backgrounds. Talk about your life before you a senator. Yeah, I was 22 years in ministry working with uh, students, actually, middle school, high school, and college age students uh, before I went into politics. So I'm one of those unique folks that had no political background at all. Mine was all people, working with families, working with churches specifically, and with students. A lot of evangelical youth camps. Yeah, that's, that's correct. I was the director of the Falls Creek Youth Camp. Uh, Falls Creek's the largest Christian camp in America. We have 51,000 students a summer there, so it's a very unique place. So now that you're a United States Senator, talk about a different life, uh, but you're fighting the devil in a different way. Talk, talk about D.C. politics. Yeah, when you do with D.C. politics, as funny as it sounds, I, I, I compare going to D.C. to like going to college. Uh, you can go to college and study or you can go to college and party. You pick when you get there. Going to the Senate in the House is exactly the same way. If you want to go work, there are people there that want to work. If you want to go and just play with lobbyists and do all that, that's all there as well. So for us, we went to work and try to help fix some things. We're trying to find other people that have that same interest, put coalitions together and get some stuff done. You're not a show horse, you're a workhorse. Yeah, I'd rather, much rather get stuff done. My, my home is not D.C., home is back in Oklahoma. So I, we, we affectionately call D.C. the office and then I get to come home on weekends. Well, my other favorite U.S. Senator, honestly, someone who helped me when I was a Navy chaplain fighting for religious freedom is Senator James Inhofe. How do you yeah. get along with him? No, I get along with Jim great. Uh, he's, he's been a very passionate person, not only about the chaplain service, but about armed services completely uh, and all of the services in the branches. It's a very difficult time now, quite frankly, in transition uh, with John McCain now going through brain tumor and the process. Uh, Jim Shocking dis it, discovery this week. It, very it, sad. Exceptionally painful for everybody, obviously for him and his family the most, but Jim office actually stepped up into that spot uh, to be able to lead the Armed Services Committee in John McCain's absence. So there's a lot going on with that. Now, because of your background and your passions, you fight for religious liberty. And those are some of your core key issues. What kind of legislation have you been working, or amendments to legislation, the NDAA, for example? What do you what do you care about? So I started from the very beginning when I got there uh, in the Senate, working on trying to get religious liberty in all of our trade negotiations. Anytime we interact with any other country, like Vietnam, we should not work on trade negotiations with Vietnam if we're not talking about religious liberty issues. Or China. Or China, or any of those. Uh, or Saudi Arabia, or you can just keep adding the blanks in, Turkey, whatever it may be. So we put in an amendment to require all of our trade 
trade negotiations. When we do it, we also include religious liberty negotiations to be able to talk about, okay, if we're going to talk about economics, let's talk about human rights as well. Uh, so we work on that, work on chaplain issues and military, uh, work on allowing people to be able to be able to live their faith out. Uh, issues like Obamacare uh, and what Obamacare did to be able to press people of faith to say you, you can have a faith but you can't practice it. You have to practice what we say you practice, uh, dealing with things like life and preferences and contraceptives and all those things. Our focus was we're a nation not of freedom of worship. We're a nation that gives the free exercise of religion. If you have a faith, you can live your faith in America. We want to continue to be able to protect that. No funding for Planned Parenthood and the Obamacare repeal, for example. I know you're incredibly pro-life. Uh, but I noticed that your signature was one of 10 U.S. Senators, I think, with Marco Rubio uh, and also our Senator, Cory Gardner from Colorado, to ask President Trump to report, appoint a religious freedom ambassador right. to work for the State Department around the world. How's progress on that appointment coming? I actually just met with the president earlier this week, asked him point blank about that because that's not moved. We've heard that there is a name that's in consideration and we've seen that rumor. So I met with the vice president and later with the president and said, hey, we're waiting on this person. Then met with the president's chief of staff and said, how long is it going to take? It's called an ambassador at large for religious liberty. Uh, we want that person to be able to be in place to work with our State Department so that every embassy is around the world is working on the issues of religious liberty. Obviously, we have our own struggles with religious liberty in the courts and other places. We're trying to take care of that to make sure that state's protected here. But most of the rest of the world doesn't honor religious liberty the same way we do. We need to export that value. Uh, how are how are you uh, personally with President Trump? Do you guys hang out together? What do you do? I don't know if we hang out together. We, we had uh, dinner on um, Monday night together, and then we ended up having lunch uh, on Wednesday uh, together as we're working through some of the health care issues. Uh, so we're interacting quite a bit. See the vice president a lot more than I see the president. Since the vice president is in our constitutional system, also the president of the Senate, He's in the Senate a lot, and so we have a lot of interplay on that, and uh, we have a terrific relationship. Last question before I get the hook here. Uh, a lot of our national viewers will want to join your email list. How can they find you and support you during any campaigns you may have come yeah, up? You can just go to our website. Uh, that is langford.senate.gov. It's langford with a K, langford.senate.gov. Uh, you can sign up there for the e-newsletter. We'll send it about every three weeks. Here's everything we're doing. Here's how we see the issues and ways to be able to stay in contact with us. This is, ladies and gentlemen, one of the most most conservative Christian legislators we have in Washington. Please pray for this man. I'm going to pray for you. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. It's an honor. Good chance to see you again. All right. I'm Dr. Chaps. We'll be right back. This is PIJN News, defending your religious freedom. Dr. Chaps will be right back. Take action today. Dr. Chaps needs you to sign an important online petition. Today, I want to invite you to sign an important petition to Congress to protect military chaplains, especially their right to pray publicly in Jesus' name. If you remember my story, you know that I was vindicated by Congress in 2006 after I took a principled stand for the right to pray in Jesus' name. I even demanded my own misdemeanor court-martial, and finally Congress agreed with me and reversed the bad Navy policy. But Congress never did pass a positive law to let chaplains pray according to their conscience. Let's take action today for religious freedom. Would you sign that petition with me? Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. Please visit PrayInJesusName.org and sign today's petition right now. Again, visit PrayInJesusName.org to sign our petition right now. Defending your religious freedom, here is Dr. Chaps. 
Welcome back. Dr. Chaps here at the Western Conservative Summit. One of my favorite Christian conservative congressmen in America, in fact, one that I've known for long before he got elected to Congress, is Jody Heiss, U.S. Congressman from the Georgia 10th. Congressman, you flew all the way to Colorado today. Welcome. Hey, listen, it's great to be here. It's great to be out of the swamp. Great to be in America. And Colorado is part of being in America. When you get out of D.C., anywhere is home. I'm glad to be here. Well, your district is in uh, near Atlanta, eastern Atlanta, and you're a farmer at heart. Uh, you're a Christian conservative. Every time I call over to your house, your wife says, oh, he's out on the tractor doing something in the, in the dirt. <laughs> Talk about your Christian ministry experience before you were elected to Congress. Right. I was a pastor for almost 30 years prior to going to Congress uh, and a radio host as well. But uh, during that time, we had a couple of redefining battles, uh, one with the ACLU over the Ten Commandments in the courthouse, and the other with the IRS and their attempts to censor what could be said in the pulpits of America. And I happened to, got to get right on the front line of both of those battles, and God used them to redirect the focus of my life. And I'm extremely honored to be in uh, Congress now, standing for those values that are important of all of us as believers. So you're a champion for religious freedom, but that was born out of your own persecution. S similar to my story, you, you know, and you've had me on your radio show many times years back. Uh, I was a Navy chaplain, I was punished for my religious expression. You were a pastor, you were punished for your religious expression. Does that sort of redefine your life's calling? It certainly did for me. Oh, there's no question. I, you know, actually being in Congress was never even remotely on the radar for me. I have helped a number of candidates in terms of supporting their campaign and this, that, and the other, but never did I remotely have on the radar that I would personally be involved to this level. But those battles, both of which took on national focus, and I had become kind of the face of both of those battles in a very real degree, God used to open up doors that no one could shut, and yeah. He closed doors that no one can open, and uh, it's, it's really quite an amazing thing. We think it was the ACLU, but it was really the devil who came after you, and everything the devil intended for evil, God turned it around for good and promoted you and elevated you to great stature and great responsibility in the U.S. Congress. What do you do in Washington now, and what kinds of legislation are you introducing? What's like your favorite bill? Well, my favorite one that I'm on top of, well, there's two of them. One is the Sanctity of Human Life bill, the most conservative pro-life bill in Congress, I believe. It recognizes uh, personhood at conception, that life begins at conception and doesn't end until natural death. Uh, the second one is one that really is the heart of what I'm focused on right now, and I'm honored that the president has supported the Free Speech Fairness Act. It is the one that would overturn the Johnson Amendment, which is the one that the IRS has used to censor, literally, what can and cannot be said in churches with the threat of those churches or nonprofits losing their tax-exempt status. Uh, you know, and if there's anywhere that the First Amendment applies, it's to religious speech. And the core, the centerpiece of religious speech has got to be in the church and in the pulpits of America. And yet the federal government through the IRS has been censoring what can be said. And so we've, we've got the Free Speech Fairness Act with Whip Steve Scalise, who of course was shot. The two of us have put this bill together and sponsored it. Great support from multiple, multiple organizations and the president himself. So hopefully that will move forward quickly. I'm going to ask you about President Trump in just a minute. Let's take a short commercial break. We'll be right back with Congressman Jody Heiss. This is PIJN News.
Do you ever pray and sometimes you feel like your prayers are hitting the ceiling and they don't get to God or maybe you don't get the result that you hoped for? I'm Dr. Chaps and I want to make available to you a new resource, a four-part video Bible teaching series on how to pray effective prayers. Did you know God has given us instructions in the Bible? For example, in 1 Timothy 2, there are four different Greek words for four different kinds of prayers, supplication, petition, intercession, and thanksgiving. If you don't understand the way God teaches us to pray, then we cannot expect the result for which we hope. I'm asking you to get this important Bible video teaching series on DVD for a suggested donation of only $30. Call us right now at 866-Obey-God. Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Or visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org and get this important video resource for your family. Call us right now. Empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back. I'm here again at the Western Conservative Summit. Congressman Jody Heiss from the Georgia 10th, uh, thank you for coming here all the way from Washington, D.C. or from Atlanta. Uh, we're here in Denver together. But you were talking about the 1954 Johnson Amendment. As our audience knows, we've sent probably a couple hundred thousand petitions to Congress to support you and what you're doing and to repeal the Johnson Amendment. But President Trump made this a campaign issue, said he, he would repeal the Johnson Amendment. What is that and why hasn't it been done yet? Yeah, the Johnson Amendment goes all the way back to LBJ, Lyndon Johnson, back in 1954 when he almost lost his run for Senate from Texas and he almost lost because of a couple of nonprofits thought he was soft on communism and so they went after him and almost defeated him. He barely won, but one of the first things he did once he got to uh, Washington as a senator, behind closed door, without any debate on the Senate floor, he had inserted into the IRS code about one or two paragraphs that basically say nonprofits cannot be involved in the political process like that. And it has never been challenged since 1954. And in fact, it has grown into an enormous bully stick that the IRS uses and other uh, anti-religious liberty uh, organizations use to intimidate churches and nonprofits in the silence. So we've got to overturn that. So like groups like Americans United for Separation of Church and State, the Reverend Barry Lynn, they send these nasty letters to pastors saying you cannot preach politics or the IRS is going to sue you, take away your tax-exempt status. Your bill would fix that. You're introducing legislation, as Donald Trump has endorsed, to repeal the Johnson Amendment, restore freedom in the pulpits for pastors to preach the gospel, and even talk about political issues without being threatened by the IRS. That's right, and it doesn't make churches or not nonprofits a political action committee. It doesn't require them to do anything. It just simply says, if you do so, uh, in the normal course of your ministry activity, you're not going to be threatened or harassed or lose your tax exempt status. And so, you know, this is, I just found that a lot of, a lot of churches are living in fear, literal, literal fear of, even with something as basic of life, as life or marriage or whatever the case may be, feeling like those are political uh, and rather than biblical issues and therefore they feel like they can't address them because of the erroneous concept of separation church and state. So yeah, this would liberate churches, nonprofits to just in the normal course of their ministry, declare the things that they believe and that they believe their scripture teaches and they'll not be harassed or punished for doing so. 
Well, I am so proud of you. You know, they talk about separation, church and state, but this man, he is the church. He was a pastor for three decades. He is the state. He's a United States congressman legislating your values and representing you, the viewer. How can people support you for re-election? How can they get your email alerts? Where do, where do people go to find you? Yeah, highs.house.gov is our uh, official site uh, where they can find out more about me on the on the political side just by doing a quick search for my name and they'll uh, be able to do that Jody Heiss dot com and they'll, they'll find me but listen prayers are the number one importance um, you know, we're in the fight of our life for this country morally spiritually economically militarily across the board it's time for the church to have her finest hour and you know I, I just am grateful for the prayers and support in every way as a pastor would you lead our audience in a moment of prayer absolutely let's pray Father, what an honor it is to be here at this great conference and to be here specifically with my dear brother right now. And thank you for the way that you have used him over the years to rally the church. And God, all of us, we just recognize that our greatest need in this country is you. And we just, uh, Lord, pray that you would have mercy and grace on this land and our leaders, that you would give wisdom from the federal level to the state level to the local level and Lord for believers that they would not be intimidated or shy away from stepping up to the plate and engaging. You call us to be salt and light but you have also placed us in a country the system of which does not work without involvement of the people. So Father we just pray for your grace and for courage and for the favor of God to rest upon each of us as we labor to do your work and we pray all of this in Jesus name. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. This is uh, Congressman Jody Heiss, H-I-C-E, heiss.house.gov. Sign up for his emails, no matter where you live. I'm telling you, this guy is a rock star. Thank you, Congressman, for coming to our program. Great to see you. All right, I'm Dr. Chaps. We'll be right back. This is PIJN News, defending your religious freedom. Dr. Chaps will be right back. Did you know religious freedom is under fire in our military today? Our troops do not have protection. For example, military chapels are now being desecrated by homosexual wedding ceremonies on bases in all 50 states. Our troops are now also faced punishment if they dare to object to sharing common sleeping quarters or common shower facilities, or if chaplains dare to quote the Bible during private counseling that declares that homosexuality is a sin. Nobody in our military should be forced to violate their Christian conscience especially their right to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Let's take action today for religious freedom. Would you sign a petition with me? Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. Let's defend religious freedom for our troops. Take action today. Dr. Chaps needs you to sign today's petition right now. Again, visit PrayInJesusName.org to sign our petition right now. Defending your religious freedom. Here is Dr. Chaps. Thank you for supporting us. Where else are you going to find newsmaking interviews like the ones we just brought you with two U.S. Senators and a Christian U.S. Congressman? We need your donations to stay on the air and to bring you these newsmaking, inspiring, and informative uh, interviews and content. Would you please donate today? Please visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org. We need your contributions to keep doing this. The Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 21, the greedy covets all day long, but the righteous give and do not spare. 
Thank you. Thank you for your contributions. Visit PrayInJesusName.org and do the best you can. God bless you in Jesus' name. We'll see you next time. Today I want to invite you to sign an important petition to Congress to protect military chaplains, especially their right to pray publicly in Jesus' name. If you remember my story, you know that I was vindicated by Congress in 2006 after I took a principled stand for the right to pray in Jesus' name. But Congress never did pass a positive law to let chaplains pray according to their conscience. Would you sign that petition with me? Let's take action today. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll free right now at 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.